Hello, America, and welcome to a special edition of the John Solomon Reports podcast. We're special because big breaking news broke out today at justthenews.com. This morning, Senators Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, the chairman of the Senate Finance and Senate Homeland Security Committees, released a stunning report that lays out all of the things they found were going on in the Biden empire, inside Joe Biden's family, while he was the vice president of the United States and his son, Hunter Biden, was collecting millions upon millions of dollars from foreign, what the report calls, unsavory characters in Ukraine, Russia, China, and even Kazakhstan. Big new revelations, conflicts of interest, concerns about bribery, and uh, even concerns about Hunter Biden making payments to Russian and Ukrainian women that appear to have been, get ready for this, part of a human trafficking, sex trafficking ring. All of that was in the knowledge of the U.S. government back when Barack Obama was president, back when the State Department and Treasury Department were being run by Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And these concerns, they weren't raised by Republicans back then. They were raised by Barack Obama and Joe Biden's own employees at the State Department, at the Treasury Department, at the FinCEN Crime Network. Big, explosive revelations. Remember a year ago, Democrats told us there's no there there. It's a conspiracy theory to think that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were involved in anyone or anything that was untoward. Whole new story today. We're going to bring that to you in a second. And we're going to bring Chairman Ron Johnson onto this show. That's right. We've got the senator himself to tell us exactly why this report is so important, why it's so explosive. And also, we've got an amazing story to tell you. Elaine Parker from the small business group Job Creators Network, a very influential voice in Washington on tax, regulation, small business America. She's going to come join, join us and tell us an unbelievable story of censorship on YouTube. You're not going to believe what YouTube censored. We could have looked out the window and gone on television and seen this and YouTube censoring it. Why? Well, Elaine Parker thinks it's because the message is conservative, pro-Trump, pro-freedom in America and thinks she, her group is being censored for the most ridiculous of reasons, political bias. We're going to get all that in today. It's a busy show. First, we're going to go to our first commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to give you exactly the headlines that came out of this unbelievable explosive um, bombshell report today by the Senate uh, accusing the Bidens of engaging in a conflict of interest and Hunter Biden engaging in suspicious financial transactions around the globe while his father, that's right, Joe Biden, was vice president right after these commercial breaks. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now. 
and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, I wanted to uh, give you a big overview of what just happened this morning. 7 a.m. this morning, the Senate... Uh, Finance Committee, the Senate Homeland Security Committee, Senators Chuck Grassley, Ron Johnson, released an explosive, extraordinary, very important report. The end of a one-year preliminary investigation into what went on in the Biden world while Joe Biden was vice president and Hunter Biden was flying in the jet stream of his father's Air Force Two collecting big checks from figures in China, in Ukraine, in Russia, Yes, today we get we learned for the first time Hunter Biden got a $3.5 million uh, payment from a Russian oligarch. Can you imagine if Don Jr. taking that? Don Jr. got questioned up the wazoo just because he took a meeting with a Russian lawyer. Here, you've got the vice president's son taking money from a Russian oligarch in 2014. Not, not a little money, not a couple hundred thousand, $3.5 million. And that's not the only place. $4 million from a believed to be corrupt Ukrainian oligarch from Burisma Holdings. Remember the gas company in Ukraine that was under corruption investigation when Hunter Biden was put on its board. Then Joe Biden uh, called the Ukraine president a couple of years later and said, fire the prosecutor. Turns out it was the same guy investigating Hunter Biden's son. Here's what we found out. There's some big revelations here. I think the first thing is to understand what is the top line? What's the most important thing that these senators found in the report? And I think I'm going to give it to you pretty simply. What we learned today is the State Department and the Treasury Department had grave concerns when Barack Obama was president, when Joe Biden was vice president, that something untoward was going on with Hunter Biden in these foreign countries. In the case of the State Department, they testified to the Grassley uh, and um Johnson committees that they saw a conflict of interest, that it was inappropriate for Joe Biden to be running Ukraine policy, particularly the anti-corruption policy in Ukraine that the U.S. was funding, while his son worked for a uh, company that was under corruption investigation by the very prosecutors Joe Biden and his program were supervising really important. And then Joe Biden fires that prosecutor. Pretty extraordinary. At the time when that prosecutor, Victor Shokin, was investigating his son's employer, Burisma investigation. That's not the only reason the State Department had concern. We learn in this report, and we reported this last week on Just the News, so you know this already, that the State Department reported while Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, a $7 million bribe was believed to have been paid by Burisma to Ukraine prosecutors. Why did they believe it? Well, the Ukrainian prosecutors acknowledged it happened. A $7 million bribe is paid to the Ukrainian prosecutors. And then a few months later, or a few weeks later, part of the corruption investigation involving Burisma Holdings, the company where Hunter Biden's on the board, gets shut down. That's another the reason. A third reason the State Department was worried, guess what? While uh, Hunter Biden was on the board, Burisma got a contract from the State Department, an energy participation program, clean energy participation program, and the State Department canceled it. Why? Because they thought Burisma was too corrupt to be in bed with, too corrupt to be in business with, too corrupt to be a partner on. The 
all of these things weighed into a very significant portrait that the company that Hunter Biden was making millions off of was too corrupt, was still involved in corruption while Joe Biden was overseeing that policy and Hunter Biden was getting millions on the board. Let me let me read uh, this quote from you. The report raises serious questions that former Vice President Biden needs to answer. There are simply too many potential conflicts of interest, counterintelligence and extortion threats to ignore. That's Ron Johnson uh, talking to Just the News this morning about why this report is important. Now, I just told you what the State Department was concerned about. That's dizzying enough. That's concerning enough. The State Department saw a conflict of interest between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. The Senate report says the State Department testified it was hindering the anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine that the U.S. was funding and that Joe Biden was overseeing. The State Department saw a bribe being paid. The State Department canceled a contract with Brisbane because they thought there was a corrupt relationship going on there. Now, there's another department that was concerned. The U.S. Treasury Department we learned from this report, the U.S. Treasury Department filed numerous suspicious activity reports. They're called SARS. They're the first weapon in the war against money laundering and illicit activity in the financial banking system. What did the Treasury Department flag? Well, here's some of the things. They flagged the $4 million that went into Hunter Biden's companies from Burisma as suspicious, meaning it came through unusual channels, came from unsavory figures like Mikola Zolchitevsky the owner of Burisma, who was under corruption investigation. They also flagged the fact that Hunter Biden got a $3.5 million payment in 2014 from Yelena Abaterina, the first female Russian oligarch, the former uh, mayor, a wife of the mayor of Moscow, a figure identified both in U.S. intelligence reports and in congressional legislation as a person who made her billions uh, in untoward ways, in corrupt ways in Russia. Now, that's the congressional and U.S. intelligence community. I think Yelena Baterina deserves the benefit of doubt, but she was flagged enough that when her money flowed into Hunter Biden, his money was flagged as suspicious. Now, there are transactions from figures in China tied to the Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese government, and the Chinese PLA, the military, that were flagged to Hunter Biden because they came from, well, suspicious sources. That's why we have suspicious activity reports. In addition, we learn that some of the transactions Hunter Biden was making out of his accounts. So this foreign money comes in, it's flagged as suspicious. Hunter Biden makes a series of transactions, according to the report, to Russian and Ukrainian women who are believed to be connected to syndicates, sex trafficking and prostitution and human trafficking syndicates. This is what the Treasury Department, the State Department were flagging when Barack Obama was in control as the president and Joe Biden was the vice president running policy on, well, oh, just China and Ukraine and Russia. Very important revelations, jaw-dropping revelations, blockbuster revelations. If Just think about it for a second. Let's take, and, and by the way, if you read the Washington Post and the New York Times after this report came out, you'd swear there was no news here today. Well, that's a shame on the journalism industry, the mainstream media. They are ignoring extraordinarily explosive and disturbing information. Let's just think about it for a second. If Don Jr. or Eric Jr. had taken a $3.5 million payment from a Russian oligarch during the Russian reset, during the Ukraine-Crimea controversy, you can be assured it would be on the front page of the New York Times and on the CNN breaking news ticker for days on end. If Hunter, uh, if 
uh, Eric Trump or Don Trump Jr. was making payments to a human trafficking network or people associated with it, so much so that the Treasury Department flagged it, you could rest assured it'd be on the front page of the Washington Post and at the lead of the CBS newscast. If, in fact, Hunter uh, Eric Trump or um, Donald Trump Jr. was on the board of a company and that company made an alleged bribe during the time they had fiduciary responsibility, yes, you can bet it'd be on the lead of the newscast of NBC News or the lead of the Los Angeles Times or the Chicago Tribune. But it is being buried today by an ignorant and willfully dishonest news media that does not want to provide the American public the specific evidence that is in this report. Listen, these evidence is very carefully documented. The Senate, one of the main institutions in American government, makes this as a assertive claim that there were possible uh, bribery going on under Hunter Biden's watch, possible extortion threats to the vice president, certainly extortion uh, concerns that they would be uh, the Biden family would be susceptible to extortion because of Hunter Biden's relations with suspect people in China, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and Russia, and yet the mainstream media is ignoring it in a willful way. It is uh, a shame to American democracy. It's a shame. It's a stain on American journalism that willful ignorance is being exercised today. Willful censorship is being ex- uh, exposed today in the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, all the news organizations that are not paying attention to what's been revealed in this report. They gave three and a half years of coverage to a bogus Russian collusion narrative. And now in the face of real potential concerns about Joe Biden and his family and Hunter Biden, they're censoring it. They're keeping it from the American people. It is a shame. If you've got a New York Times or Washington Post subscription, if you have CNN on your favorite channels, you have to ask yourself, read this report independent of what they're feeding you on their news feeds, and you decide, are you getting an honest account of what happened today? I don't think I got one from the New York Times, the Washington Post, or CNN today, but you will get one from Just the News, where all of this report is reported on in detail, all of the allegations, the effort to reach Hunter Biden to give Joe Biden his fair say, all on there, and we give you the report. You can read it yourself and make up your own mind, but that's not going on at the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, at least not this afternoon, six, seven hours, eight hours after this report came out. That is a travesty to journalism. It's an insult to American democracy. It's a hindrance to the American public's ability to make an honest decision about Donald Trump and Joe Biden in this election. And I'm sad to say I love journalism, but it wasn't practiced today, honestly, or fairly, or neutrally by these major news organizations. But that's why we started Just the News, so that we could give you honest, unfiltered news. And you can get that in a few minutes. Guess what? We're going to bring a man who knows everything about this on the show, Senator Ron Johnson, chairman of the Homeland Security Committee in the Senate. He's going to come on and tell you what he found and why he's concerned and where the investigation goes next. In just a few minutes, we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, Senator Ron Johnson, and then an amazing story of censorship at the Job Creators Network experienced at YouTube and Google. You're not going to want to miss Elaine Parker's firsthand account of political bias in the social media oligarchs that now run Facebook and YouTube and Google. An extraordinary story. But first, a word from our great sponsors and advertisers. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, an amazing guest, a great friend, Elaine Parker, the Chief Communications Officer for the Job Creators Network, one of the most important small business groups in America. They represent all those businesses on Main Street that make America go. And Elaine is on the front lines of helping uh, Main Street America grow and prosper these, these days. So, Elaine, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thank you so much for having me on today. We've, over the years, been able to talk about a lot of great things about the economy and all the needs of small businesses and anti-regulation and lower taxes and the incredible impact. But I never thought I would get to a day where we would be talking about censorship, but we are because an amazing thing happened to you at Job Creators Network. Could you tell us what YouTube did to your, your video, what it was and what happened the other day that shocked all of us? Yeah, so this is a huge issue of censorship. Um, just a few weeks ago, we launched uh, one of the largest get out the vote efforts in conservative history. It's called KeepAmericaAmerica.com. And as part of that, we've been talking about issues that are on the ballot because we believe America itself is on the ballot. But the issue we were talking about is one of safety and security. I mean, really, our security, our personal security, our financial security, and our health security, it's all on the ballot. And so we put together a video to really demonstrate what was happening across the country with these violent riots that the, that the mainstream media and the Democrats continued to call peaceful protests. All we do is accumulate... Uh, readily available, publicly available on YouTube, I'll, I'll say, um, <laughs> <laughs> mainstream eclipse from each of these cities in Seattle and D.C. and New York, all across the country, compiled them into about a 30-second clip. And at the end of the video, we simply said, is your city next? And then directed people to go to the website, keepamericaamerica.com. And we basically have been censored be and had an age restriction put on it because they say it's too violent. Mm. Um, and by doing that, by censoring us, we're unable to promote the video and get the views and get the video out there so that we can make the point about our safety and security being on the ballot. And this censorship by, uh, you know, big tech, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, they're all doing it, but they seem to be unfairly censoring conservative content that they disagree with. And we just, we absolutely disagree with this. We think it's a, we think it's a, a mark against uh, our democracy and, and we're here to speak out about it. It is remarkable. And I, I just want to make sure people understand what this is. This is stuff that if you turned on the TV and the nightly newscast, you probably would have shown, shown or seen. And if you were looking out the window in Portland, you would have seen it or in any of the cities where this violence went on. It isn't like this was highly graphic stuff. This is stuff that's on news every day and accessible on the internet. So do you think the the idea that it's too violent and the restrictions are really just a cover for for uh, censorship? Is that what's going on here? I do. And and the and the reality is is that this censorship 
doesn't apply to left-wing videos that depict violence, um, or as we've mentioned, the original videos from which these rioting cl uh, clips are taken from, you know, their, uh, their decision to slap this inappropriate content restriction on our video um, is, is unfair and it's biased. And it amounts to censorship of opposing political opinions. And I'll tell you, I showed the video um, to both my daughters who, you know, are teenagers. Right. And um, they were just, they, they couldn't believe it because both of them said they see this stuff on Snapchat and TikTok all the time. And there's no warnings about on this stuff. And those, that's directly, that's where all the kids are. You know, they're, they're not on um, Facebook and things like that. They're on, they're on Snapchat and TikTok and they're seeing it there. So this is ridiculous. It's definitely happening um, more so to conservatives. And by censoring conservative viewpoints, these tech companies are unfairly controlling the political debate, John. Um, and they're doing it through algorithms, um, which can de facto make unreported campaign contributions to candidates and parties. That's Think about that. That's a great that. point. It's an in-kind contribution to Joe Biden when, uh, or to whoever is on the opposite side of this uh, city violence argument. Um, and we have no say in it, right? We can't control it. Exactly. And that's what makes it a, very, a threat to our very democracy. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and this is really a situation of, of, of David versus Goliath, um, because point. these are these are like oligarchies. I mean, they are yeah. in charge of what gets put out there and what doesn't. And you know, it's it's just it at this point you can't have if you're going to have tech companies that, that are starting to pick um, pick and choose which content is allowed based on political decisions. Right. Then they're really no longer platforms. They're more like media companies, and they should be regulated as such. It's, a, it's an extraordinary moment. I mean, I'm, you know, you grew up in high school, you read the book uh, 1984 by George Orwell, then you, you get into the real world and you realize, well, in Soviet Union, Ukraine, Russia, we have these oligarchies. But in America, we've begun to create um, these political oligarchs that control infrastructure and the messaging at the same time. What can we do to fight this? Well, you know, obviously the, the DOJ announced their efforts today to, to look into and, and examine the tech company's immunity for their content, because right now they, they're, they're immune from the content. But, you know, we think they should conduct an investigation into the censorship. Um, Great I, point. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if the answer is to strip them of their immunity or just carve out an area around the censorship and the illicit activity. Um, because as always with any new law, we have to look at the unintended consequences of anything point. we do. Um, you know, if, if we strip them of all their immunity, I think we could actually see more censorship because then they're going to be liable for everything. Um, but if we call for like a narrow carve out of, of the immunity laws to address the censorship, then the inner, because the internet companies really can't be held responsible for um, their general content. But if they're going to pick and choose what's put up there and what's not, and it seems like to me, anecdotally, it, it is conservative viewpoints that continue to be um, censored and taken down. And, and Twitter, I think, does this shadow banning. Right. Um, and things like that. We just don't hear it from the left. We only hear it from the right. And then, then we need to actually look at some of the censorship happening, I, I think is probably a more narrow way to, to approach this. I love the David and Goliath um, anecdote or allegory, because at the end of the day, 
you represent all of these small businesses. They're the engine of America. They're the main street of America. They, they're really what the 30 million, 40 million people they employ really the, drive the economy every day. And yet they're small, right? They don't have time to take on a Facebook or a Twitter or um, a Google or YouTube. So how does everyday business owners, how do everyday Americans who are now either being victimized because their content is um, uh, censored or being victimized because they're consumers who aren't getting to see a complete array of opinions, how are we going to fight this going forward? I mean, when you look at it, you represent tens of millions of businesses. How do you um, go about fighting this? Do you have any ideas early on how just at JCN you might fight the, the censorship of your own video? Well, right now we're getting we're trying to get the word out and obviously talk in the media as much as we can. But I really think this is the David versus Goliath issue could go somewhere. Maybe we maybe we launch something called the, the you know the David Project. Um, you know, JCN represents, uh, you know, the 30 million small business owners across the country, but really maybe we're, we say that we're representing all the Davids against these high-tech ol oligarchs and um, that think they have the right to decide what's best for America. You know, this, this small group of high-tech billionaires like, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and the like, they, they threaten our democracy. Amazing. Um, so, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to build an army of Davids. Uh, I'd love to hear stories from, uh, of censorship from uh, the, you know, and bias that's hurt our small business owners, you know, and 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 pull that together because um, you know we we are strong as an army, especially our con conservative army, and and when we're fighting for the conservative values that make America America essentially, and that that's again why we started this whole thing and why we're here today talking about this video is is fighting for the values that make America America. It's so important um, when you when you talk about this uh, voter effort and one of the largest in history, uh, how can people find out more? How can they get involved in the Keep America, America, Get Out the Vote effort? Well, they can go to keepamericaamerica.com. Um, and again, voters face a, a choice between economic growth, jobs, opportunity or return to the slow growth Obama years. Um, and, and how you get involved, you know, this election is going to be about one thing. It's going to be turnout. Um, and, and the left is very good at their get out the vote machine. This is ours. And it is the largest um, in, in conservative history. So go to the website, sign up for the information. It'll give you all the up-to-date information that you can use for yourself to when voting is, when early voting starts, how you can register in your state. And you can share this information with one, two, or 10 or 20 of your friends and encourage them to get out and vote because, John, there are 20 million registered voters who don't show up for the election it's every amazing, single time. Isn't it? Yes. Amazing. Such a missed opportunity. And one of the greatest gifts our founding fathers gave us the right to vote. So, and this is a consequential election. There's so starkly dis different visions for America that no matter what side you you have you on, you should get uh, a fall on, you should get out and vote and, and vote your values, vote your beliefs because this election has the potential to change America for a long time to come. Elaine, you're changing America every day. The work you guys do at uh, Job Creators Network, you and Alfredo Ortiz, my good friends, such important work. I hear so many small business owners every day who are so proud of the work you've done crafting new policies and being on the front lines at the White House and Congress. I, I hope everybody in America gets to know the great work um, JCN is doing. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate that. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, Senator Ron Johnson, yes, he stirred a hornet's nest today in Washington, dropped a big report on Ukraine, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. You're not going to want to miss it right after this commercial break. 
Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We just went through everything that's in this amazing blockbuster report uh, released by Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley. And guess what? We have the man himself, Senator Ron Johnson, joining us uh, in the middle of this breaking news. Senator, thank you for joining us. Well, happy to be with you, John. Of course, you've been doing great work for for literally years on this story. So appreciate all your efforts. Thank you, sir. Well, I got to admit, I think I had the story wrong. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as what your team, your great investigative team dug up here. You and Senator Grassley, some really important things. When you look back now, and I guess this is your first report, you're going to keep investigating. But what are the highlights that most concern you right now? I mean, there are so many, but if you really want to, you know, shift for a moment away from Ukraine and Burisma and really take a look as, as our report states, there exists a vast web of corporate connections and financial transactions between and among the Biden family and Chinese nationals. And some of these Chinese nationals are connected to the China, you know, Chinese Communist Party, right. uh, previous affiliations with the People, People's Liberation Army. Uh, you know, Schweitz has done great work talking about, uh, you know, the, the one dual uh, purpose auto parts manufacturer and, and how Hunter got involved in that. And, you know, that was purchased by a, a Chinese entity. Where, where do you think that military purpose uh, auto parts uh, technology is going to be going? So yeah. it, it really is just this vast web of international business connections, you know, different cash transactions that, as, as I you know, stated in that uh, quote to you earlier this morning, it, there, there is it just represents the potential of conflict of interest, counterintelligence and extortion risk that simply cannot be ignored. But but John, let's face it, the mainstream media sure is ignoring it, aren't they? There's hey, there's nothing there. No new news. It's their, it's their standard approach, their standard operating procedure. They, they somewhat report on a story don't dig into it all. And then when somebody actually does dig into it, you know, people like you, investigative reporters or Senate report comes out and go, well, well, there's no new news here. I mean, we always knew the guy was thoroughly corrupt. You know, what's, what's the big story here? Uh, there, there's a big story here and I appreciate your uh, honing in on it. It is absolutely remarkable, sir, what you found. I mean, let's just take a couple of the big revelations that, and, and I keep thinking if the shoe's on the other foot and these are things happening in the Trump family, oh my God, we'd be in a hysteria right now. But you, you document that the State Department, not Donald Trump's State Department, but the political and career appointees working for Barack Obama and Joe Biden reported that while Hunter Biden was at Burisma, the Ukrainian natural gas company, it made a $7 million bribe to the prosecutors in Ukraine who were uh, investigating them. And the State Department believed that caused part of the investigation to be shut down corruptly. You, you actually interviewed George Kent, right? The State Department official. He's a Biden guy. He's an Obama guy. He's working for them. And he tells you this is really problematic, right? Well, absolutely. And he, he raised the issue, at least with staff members of the, of the vice president, and, and nothing ever happened. It went no further. But, but you're right. Uh, in December of uh, 2000, 
15 is is when he found out when he landed in Ukraine as as you know member of the embassy he found out that that bribe had been been paid in December 2014 I mean and Hunter had joined the board in in about April or May of that year so so seven months earlier Hunter was already on the board when the seven million dollar bribe was paid to members of the prosecutor general's office to basically make the whole Burisma corruption investigation go away. And of course, Hunter Biden was supposedly hired to be on the board for what governance and transparency. Now, that's that's great governance, governance and great transparency, right? To paying a $7 million bribe. So that, that's kind of a jaw dropping revelation. But again, you had that story as well. But you know what, what, what's interesting, John, when you take a look at the payments made, right? First of all, the whole time, Ukraine had this revolution of dignity. More than 80 people died on the streets, mm. you know, trying to fight for a corrupt, free society. Right. That was U.S. government policy is do everything we can to help uh, Ukraine integrate with the West, but also rid their country of the legacy of, of Russian uh, corruption. Right. So less than you know, in two, two months later, after that revolution, over the span of 28 days, you had Devin Archer, who was uh, Hunter Biden's business partner, meeting right. with the vice president in the White House. You know, it's kind of a big deal. It is. The next day, Hunter or Joe Biden visits Ukraine. Uh, the next day after that visit, Devin Archer joins the board of Burisma. A few days later, Vlocheski is, they have, the British official sees $23 million of his money in their bank accounts. And then two weeks later, Hunter Biden joins the board. That happened in tw- in a span of 28 days. Yeah. This entire conflict of interest scenario was was completely set up, and the payments are interesting. You know, we, we document about 4.2 million dollars paid over the span of about 30 months, starting in May of 2014, and just coincidentally ending a few days or a day after, within a week, of President Trump winning the election. Apparently, the utility of Hunter Biden was was uh, played out. Now. Hunter stayed on the board till April 2019. I, I don't know how they paid him, but you know we were able to, to trace those cash transactions, $4.2 million over a 30-month period. And by the way, that averages about $140,000 a month for those two being on the board, about $1.7 million per year. Pretty good gig, huh? That sure is. You got no qualifications other than you got a, 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 the right last name and the right connections. On, it's unreal. And remember, I, I, I remind my listeners, you know this, Senator, but when Hunter Biden was asked on ABC News, did he have any qualifications? He said, no. Did you get the job because of your dad's name? Probably. So he doesn't even deny that this was, you know, basically a patronage job because his father is in charge of the anti-corruption U.S. policy in Ukraine and his company was a corrupt company under investigation and wanted to buy the name. It's uh, it's just remarkable. I want to move out of Ukraine for a second because there's another transaction that just knocked my socks off. And you guys deserve amazing credit for confirming this because uh, I didn't know it. Um, there's a $3.5 million transaction that comes in from a Russian oligarch, the first female billionaire of uh, Russia, the former wife of or the wife of the former mayor of Moscow and somebody that we've identified both in U.S. legislation in Congress and in U.S. intelligence circles as someone who got her wealth through possible corrupt means in Russia, a woman named Yelena Baterina. And this transaction comes, what's so amazing about it and, and what your team did such a great job highlighting, in 2014, right after Russia invades Ukraine, this Russian oligarch drops, did I read this right, $3.5 million into Hunter Biden's accounts? Well, actually it's occurring 
re really right during the the revolution of dignity dignity it's, it's occurring in, in february 2014 right and it is really uh the the former president of Ukraine fled Ukraine, I think, on the 20th or the 21st. So this is happening a week before all that happens. Unbelievable. Ukraine, it's a cash payment of $3.5 million. There, by the way, later on, there was there were 11 wires totaling almost $400,000 to a company called BAK USA. Nine of those 11 payments, though, were funneled through one of Archer, one of uh, Hunter Biden's uh, businesses called Rosemont Seneca Thornton. Sure. Uh, by the way, later on, that that uh, BAK USA went bankrupt in 2019, showing a loss of about $39 million. Now, we don't know much about that company or that transaction, but yeah, I mean, you're right. So, so you've got a Ukrainian connection. Now you've got a, a connection to Russia. And, and oh, by the way, you were talking about State Department personnel, Amos Hochstein. We, we finally got an interview with him last week. It's huge. Uh, he actually sat down with a meeting with Hunter and talked about and, and told Hunter, you know, the, what the concern about him being on the board was the fact that Russia was using that for disinformation. I mean, th those are Hochstein's words. And as Kim Strassel rightly pointed out, remember, uh, Vice President Biden you know, famously claimed that he never spoke to Hunter right. about his overseas business connections. Well, you put two and two together. Hochstein did speak to Vice President Biden about this conflict of interest and how it was problematic. Apparently, Vice President Biden talked to Hunter, who then contacted Eric or Amos Hochstein and wanted to meet with him about the conversation he had with the vice president. Mm. And then that's that's where Hochstein is talking to Hunter Biden about you know the fact that the Russians are using his membership on the board to spread disinformation. But it just shows that Vice President Biden obviously did talk to Hunter about his overseas business because he's the one that hooked up Hunter with Hochstein after Hochstein had uh, talked to the vice president. So, mm. you know, kudos on uh, Kim Strassel for highlighting that part of our report. It's remarkable. When you're, uh, if I read the report correctly, when your investigators asked Amos Hochstein to say, what did you and Joe Biden talk about? He refused to answer the specifics, right? That is interesting. And that's not unusual either. We had, uh, you know, for example, Liz Zentos refused to even tell us who she worked for. You know, so no, <laughs> I would say we had people going through the motions. I would not say we had witnesses that were particularly cooperative. Uh, they had their stories down. I think all of them are, are Biden supporters. And that's one of the reasons. And, you know, this, this is why we're not able to get documents out of the State Department, even yep. though President Trump is, is president. He's got his political points at the top of these agencies. But, you know, the next level down. These folks, by and large, are, are Democrats, they're liberals, they're progressives. Uh, they're, they're not our friends, and they have not been cooperative in terms of turning over documents. And that's whether it's the FBI, with the State Department, you know, throughout these agencies, it's been unbelievably frustrating for us to get the documentation we need. And we still don't have the documents. So this, from my standpoint, is an interim report. There is so much more, so many more documents we've requested that we haven't received. There's so much that we might uncover and when you start looking at the the entanglements, the, the financial transactions uh, in China, that's going to take an awful lot of investigation. Just start unwinding that. And then, then you take a look at uh, the Secret Service records of all the trips Hunter made all throughout the world. Yeah. Which, by the way, another interesting little factoid here, Hunter Biden had Secret Service protection on all these trips from 2009 till July of 2014. What's interesting about July 8th, 2000. 2014 was his last trip that he made as a protectee. The day before, Time Magazine publishes a big article on how Burisma is really ramping up its uh, lobbying efforts in the U.S. 
and that Hunter Biden kind of described his position on the board. The next day was Hunter Biden's last trip as a Secret Service protectee. It, but again, you take a look at all the trips he made all around the world. You know, he's an, he's an active international businessman, that's for sure. He is. And what's most striking about it is that when you look at the Obama-Biden administration, Joe Biden got three foreign policy portfolios, Russia during the Russia reboot, Ukraine during the Maidan revolution, and China all throughout uh, the administration. And where are the three places that um, uh, Hunter Biden is flying in the vapor trail of his father's jet, sometimes actually on the jet, but other times flying in the vapor trail, collecting money? It's Russia. It's China. It's Ukraine. And then you found an interesting one, Kazakhstan. I didn't know about that. That was a big revelation as well. And, you know, people on the Democratic side, the liberals, the mainstream media are saying, oh, you're on, you're just on a mission to destroy the Bidens because it's an election season and Joe Biden's running against Donald Trump. But there's a bigger issue that your report starts off, which is when you have a family member like Joe, uh, Hunter Biden collecting money from these, in some cases, unsavory figures, that's not our word, that's the intelligence community's word for him, in the vapor trail of his father's plane, the possibility that they get the son or the family, what they call over the barrel, potentially extortable, potentially embarrassing. If you know he's doing things and you can squeeze them. That becomes very high. And that's your main reason, you say, in this report, why you were looking at these transactions, because the family, the Biden family, suddenly became vulnerable to extortion or ill influence because of Hunter Biden's unsavory contacts. Describe why that's so important to the American people. It's not a political issue. It's a national security issue. Well, if you think back to uh, everybody justifying the, the FBI investigation into Trump and you know, possible ties into, into Russia, possible investments, uh, they always said, well, this could be used as blackmail against, for example, President Trump. Well, take this and multiply it by a few orders of magnitude in terms of the potential for extortion, counterintelligence uh, risks. Uh, again, just the conflict of interest is, is really quite jaw-dropping. It's extensive. And again, the mainstream media, even today, they're just shrugging their shoulders. Yeah. Now, I, I, I feel with some questions from people. I'm the first response was, well, first read the report. <laughs> yes, you know, like, that'd be helpful. Like read, like, read the report. Yeah. It's 87 pages. It's not that long, It's but there's a lot of good detail in there. And the kind of details that I'm hoping people like you and Peter Schweitzer and Kim Strassel and Catherine Herridge and Cheryl Atkinson and Molly Hemingway, I'm hoping, Andrew McCarthy, I'm hoping people who've been investigating this for quite some time now have a little bit more information to dig a little bit deeper and start making a lot of these connections because it's 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 complex. It's a it's a, a tangled web that uh, the Bidens have woven here as they've gone about and somebody else used this term, but I loved it as they are hoovering up dollars following the vice president around to his different assignments. It is extraordinary and it's deeply, deeply troubling. Um, the one of the things that I as I was reading the report uh, this morning and it, it just started echoing in my head is there are some really big questions that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have never answered. And now in light of the evidence you put there, they should answer. How might your committee go about that? Do you do you need Joe Biden? Would you like to see Joe Biden answer questions? Would you like to see Hunter Biden answer questions? Because I sure want to know what do you, why are you grabbing this money? Why are you in bed with these business people? Why did Amos Hotchstein talk to you? What were you talking about? And I have another question. With all of Hunter Biden's pressure, getting all this money at Burisma, you would think at some point Burisma would ask a big favor, like, can you get us with the vice president? What sort of questions might you see Joe answer and Hunter Biden answer and how might you facilitate that? Well, we have sent an email to both uh, Devin Archer and Hunter Biden's attorney 
requesting information as well as uh, giving them an opportunity to come in for a transcribed interview. Um, wow, that's some so, news. So, so that's important. We respond to that. And again, I'll, I'll point out that uh, uh, Don Jr., Eric, Jared Kushner, uh, you know, all the people in the Trump campaign, right. none of them needed none of them needed subpoenas. They, they all came they in volunteered. They all voluntarily uh, interviewed. And, you know, from my standpoint, I think it was important for us to gather this information, you know, validate it, publish it so that, you know, because, you know, this is the first time I've said that we've invited Hunter and Devin. OK, you know, you know, the outcry. I mean, you, you've seen how the reaction, you know, and how they've been trying to attack me and destroy me in the mainstream media. Right. So, you know, I wanted to make sure to have a, a firm foundation, you know, some some legitimacy to us requesting their their appearance, um, because otherwise pe- people would have just accuse me of a, of a fishing expedition. Right. Which, by the way, is an, another point to make: our investigations never were targeted. They, they they never were centered on the Bidens. It was the Bidens that put them at the center of so much of this. I mean, it, it was it was Joe Biden bragging in front of the Council of Foreign Relations that you know about his six hour. Uh, deadline and, and his uh, ultimatum that he had for, to Poroshenko there. I mean, he, he made that public. Uh, it was Hunter Biden joining the board of Burisma that put him on the radar screen. And of course, it was it was Hunter and Devin and and you know James and Sarah, you know the other Bidens that you know followed the vice president all over the, all of the the world. And quite honestly, have a lot of financial transactions that I think people need to exactly understand. But r- real quick, because you you mentioned uh, you know Hunter flying on the Air Force Two with his, his father. Right. You know, right there, you're flying to China. You know, John, I don't know exactly where they left for how many hours, but it's like more than 10 hours. Okay? It is. Um, obviously, Hunter was doing something. He, he wasn't with his father the whole time because we know that he actually did conduct business. Uh, ended up arranging a handshake with Jonathan Lee, one of his, you know, current and, and at that point in time, a current business associate or soon to be a business associate, but he arranged a handshake with the vice president. Now, don't you think the vice president and Hunter might have talked about, you know, hey, Hunter, what, what are you taking along for? You know, what, what are you going to do in China? Or, or did they simply not talk at all? They, they put Hunter Biden in steerage or what's the deal here? So, I mean, that combined with Amos Hochstein's uh, or Hochstein's uh, testimony r- really does show that uh, the first question Joe or Vice President Biden ought to ask is or be uh, ought to answer is when you said that you never spoke to Hunter Biden about his overseas business. Are you standing by that statement? Is, is that really true? And then just start asking about Amos Hochstein and start asking about that plane trip. Start asking about the handshake with Jonathan Lee. Uh, that's the first question I'd ask the vice president. It's uh, it's extraordinary uh, that um, these things are going on. Um, the uh, if you're not going to send an invite, I assume to uh, Vice President Joe Biden, uh, or do you plan to send one? Maybe I shouldn't assume that, but will you send an invite? And say Joe Biden, if you have anything to offer this investigation, we offer it to you. Uh, I won't, but you know, one of the remedies in case uh, any anybody who's been mentioned in a Senate report, if they feel wronged, one of the remedies is to request a transcribed interview with the committee. So. If uh, Vice President Biden feels wrong by us putting out the truth and putting out this information, he will certainly be welcome to come and answer questions and set whatever record he thinks needs to be set straight. That's great. It's certainly an open invitation, but uh, we're not I I won't be issuing a formal one because I I think I know what the answer would be there. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that Hunter and Devin will actually accept our invitation, as did uh, members of the the Trump campaign, as well as the members of there's precedent for this. 
Yeah, and you're giving an opportunity for fairness, which is important in these investigations. Your report, I I know you got to go, sir. I want to ask one last question because I think it's incredibly important. Your report lays out a lot of things that we still don't know because the FBI won't answer questions. The State Department won't give us documents. Uh, some witnesses have not made themselves available or did the rope-a-dope uh, and, and couldn't remember really important uh, things. But uh, two very important questions seem to jump out. We know that uh, George Kent, um, the guy who won the bow tie and was the one of the stars of the Democratic impeachment hearings, that he reported uh, to the Justice Department that, and then that Justice Department reported to the FBI that a bribe was paid. We know that the Treasury Department uh, flagged these suspicious transactions. It seems to me the next job for your committee is going to be, what did the FBI do? What did the Treasury Department do? Did anyone look at the intelligence, law enforcement, legal, criminal potential here? Uh, is that the next step for your investigation? But we have sent, I know, at least one wet letter, you know, particularly following up on George Kent's testimony where uh, he said he, he basically referred the, the $7 million bribe to uh, the FBI, and we want to follow, find out uh, you know, what, if any follow-up occurred on that. But no, this is, I've seen some news reports say this is the conclusion of our, of our investigation. It's not. I mean, this, this is an interim report. Uh, I would have liked to have published this thing months ago, but, but you really do have to take the time you have to validate the information you have. And as, as I've said before, it was, it's been like pulling teeth and we still don't even have close to all the documents. You know, what documents you get, you might get thousands of pages, but you don't get the good ones. Yep. Um, the so, keep away, the you, game of keep away. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know that well enough, too. And We've learned it. You've gotten documents that are responsive to our request that we haven't got. Exactly. So it, it, it seems like a FOIA request is far more powerful than even a Senate, uh, you know, certainly a Senate oversight request, uh, maybe even more powerful than a Senate subpoena. It's, so, you know, these guys have been playing rope dope. They know how to hide the ball and they, they have been hiding it as far as I can tell. Well, it uh, it reminds us all that truth is so important. And, sir, I've seen personally you be attacked for things that we now know from a factual basis are false. You were working with Russian agents. You accepted information for this guy, Durkach. We know it's not even in doubt anymore because I've talked to the FBI. I've talked to the intelligence community. I've talked to people in Ukraine. The things you've been accused of to try to stop you from getting this uh, factual information out to the public are shameful. They're part of not it's not McCarthyism only. It's not only character assassination. It is actually uh, information warfare, disinformation warfare. Um, I know you've been uh, just pursuing the truth. You don't have uh, an agenda here other than getting the American people the truth. But what is it like to to have your colleagues in the Senate, the Democrats, lodge these false allegations, provide false accounts of FBI um, information given to the committee? It must be pretty frustrating to to be doing your job the way the American people elected you to do and have basically a propaganda warfare lodged against you. Well, what it is, it's Democratism. Uh, This is the same playbook, you know, so what they did with Trump is they created this false narrative, right, planted in the press through the the Steele dossier. By the way, that's the only Russian disinformation in these investigations. That's right. Hillary Clinton and the DNC paid for in the Steele dossier, and then they used that for a couple of years. Uh, You know, I can imagine how shocked Trump was. He knew this stuff wasn't true, and I'm sure he kind of blew it off initially going, this is crazy. Nobody's going to believe this. Well, for two years, he got pulled through the ringer. So they've done the same thing to Chuck Grassley and I. They created a, they created their own intelligence product, had it classified, leaked to the press, um, completely false allegations. Mm. And then my ranking member, Senator Peters, introduced the Russian disinformation into our record. 
No, they, they introduced information from Derek Cash. We didn't. I, I'd never even heard the name until I was falsely accused of this. So, you know, how does it feel, John? I don't know. You, you know, I, I sold plastic for 30 some years. I, I'm used to rejection. <laughs> so so I've, I've got I've got a pretty thick skin. I know who you I do. am. I know why I'm doing this. I, I'm hoping the American public, when they t- take a look at our, our report and, you know, just read it. Please read it. Don't read, don't read the press reports because the press has already glossed it all over. That's right. But read the report. You'll find there is no Russian disinformation. This is all U.S. sourced information. And they'll, they'll find that this is a very, these are very serious issues, you know, conflict of interest, counterintelligence, uh, extortion threats that, you know, I sure wouldn't want to be president and have these things hanging over my head. And I sure wouldn't want to president in place with these things hanging hang over their heads. So we've got to get to the bottom of this. The press has to ask questions. The American people deserve the truth. And that's all I've been trying to uncover. And I've said it in the past. If there was no wrongdoing, the American people need to know that. If there's minimal wrongdoing, they need to know that. And if there's wrongdoing, they certainly need to know that as well. So it's just about getting the truth. And the the fact that the Democrats have have attacked us and have done everything they could to frustrate our efforts, you've got to ask the question, why are they afraid of the truth? I had a good friend who was a very brave fighter pilot uh, in uh, the first Gulf War, and he said one thing. When you're hovering over the target, the anti-aircraft missile always gets more intense. And I think, sir, you're hovering over a very big target, and we're at the beginning of a process of a lot more revelation. I want to thank you for not only joining us today, but also for having the determination to get the facts out. We're going to be right alongside uh, taking these leads in your report and, and learning more in the next few days. So, Senator Johnson, thank you so much. Well, thank you for all your efforts. Take care. All right, sir. Have a good day. Folks, we're going to be back in a second to wrap things up. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, folks, that wraps things up. What a show today. Uh, The story that Elaine Parker just told us about censorship makes my stomach turn. It makes me worried about the future of America, that technology can hinder free speech in ways that you and I couldn't have imagined a few years ago. And then um, we're talking about censorship, the media clearly giving a false impression of what the Senate reports about. But you got a chance to hear the details from Ron Johnson, the chairman who did the investigative work, and you're learning where he's going next in his nonstop investigation. It isn't over yet. It's going on. It's going to continue on Just the News, on John Solomon Reports. We're so grateful you listen, that you read, that you watch, that you're part of the Just the News family. Thank you. Tomorrow we'll be back with another amazing podcast with new guests, new insights. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, We're signing off for today. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports at justthenews.com.